This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast. It is Wednesday. October 25th, and this is a date we will all remember because this is a date of mourning, of remorse, as the Phillies unbelievably lose the series in Game 7 at Citizens Bank Ballpark to the Arizona Diamondbacks, 4-2, and they do not go to the World Series. It is one of the most unlikely disappointing results that I have seen in my many years of covering sports in Philadelphia, um, in the pantheon of terrible, devastating losses, it might even be bigger than the ones that are still resonating with us, namely the 2002 Eagles losing at Veterans Stadium to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and also the 2011 Phillies, losing to the St. Louis Cardinals that resulted in Ryan Howard with a busted Achilles tendon. But this might be the topper of them all because I want to put this in perspective. And I know uh, there are a lot of people out there that probably want to get on me because I didn't take the Diamondbacks seriously and I said it should be a sweep at most five games. And here's why I said that. Because the Phillies were a decidedly better team than the Arizona and the Diamondbacks. And you can give the Diamondbacks all the credit you want for being spunky and for never quitting. At the end of the day, the Arizona Diamondbacks won this series being an 84-win team during the regular season and the only team in the playoffs with a negative run differential. So don't give me that the Arizona Diamondbacks were spunky. It was all about the, what the Phillies did not do and what, instead of what the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, really did. Now, there are two major swings, and we're going to get into the crux of Game 7 and what happened. But there are two major swings for me in, in this series that you look at and I look at. It is when they went to Arizona up 2 nothing. And in that game three, decided they weren't going to take batting practice. Now, that's fine. And also, let me remind you that the backup catcher made a statement about when they win the series, he was looking forward to diving in the pool. All right, now now here's the thing. When you go in with that mindset that you've already got it licked, all of a sudden, you lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, you swing at bad pitches and you don't pay attention to situational hitting and all those things like that. All right. So they give away game three and then they lose game four. They rally to win game five. And again, the same mindset sets in. Okay. 
we we you know we got that out of the way and now it's gravy because game six all we have to do is just automatically show up and this this uh reputation of citizens bank ballpark is going to carry us to a win where we don't have to earn the win all right and so there are the two major swings because now by arizona winning game six you go into a game seven and when you get behind in game seven what happens you start squeezing the bat out of desperation and panic. And you got your home crowd going, hey, we're supposed to win this series. And you lose your focus again, and that's exactly what happened to the biggest hitters in this lineup. Uh, you are listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast the day after. The podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. And we are not nearly done talking about this game. All right, so uh, let, let's, let's get into some facts and figures here. Uh, now... You can you can look at the manager, Rob Thompson, and say he made some mistakes. He did. He made some uh, errors in judgment in this series. But the bottom line is the big guys at the top, plus Nick Castellanos at the bottom of the lineup, just did not deliver. They scored three runs in their last 18 innings in this series, games six and seven, zero for seven with runners in scoring position, and a combined eight hits in those two games. Turner, in games five, six, and seven, 0 for 12. Castellanos, after he hit a home run in game one, 0 for 23 with 11 strikeouts. JT Realmuto, 4 for 19 after game two. They had one extra base hit in game six. They had two in game seven. None of those extra base hits by the big hitters. In the seventh inning, they left men on base with Turner getting a terrible at-bat on missing two sliders and then flying out. And then with Harper, he gave it a jolt, not quite there. Flies out to the wall in left field. The last 17 batters came to the plate, and they couldn't get one hit in game seven. They swung at pitches out of the strike zone all night, and that is what I'm talking about being an indication of panic. Because all of a sudden, you're in a game seven. Yeah, you got a one nothing lead. They tie the game. They go ahead, and you go, uh-oh, and uh-oh to a hitter means you're flailing. And that's the bottom line. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, JT, Castellanos, three for 36 in the final two games of the series. That also reps, represents $900 million in contracts. I can't believe it. I am stunned beyond belief that they lost this series to the Arizona Diamondbacks with this kind of, of swagger, this kind of lineup they put together to avoid exactly this, to avoid exactly coming up short offensively in the series. Forget about the starting pitching and the bullpen and Ranger Suarez and all that kind of thing. The big guys at home did not hit in the series. All right, let me bring producer Darren in here. Darren, I know you're devastated. You're a, a monster Philly fan. Uh, you went to a couple games these playoffs. Uh, and you said before the game that uh, it, you were going to be just an absolute mess if they lost this game. So how do you feel right now? And I'm sure you feel like most Philly fans. 
you know, I'm sad. I am. I, I, you know, the Phillies are the one team that I still allow my fandom to really, I'm really a fan. I've covered the Eagles so deeply in my career, particularly when I was with NFL Films, that, you know, I love the Eagles. They're my first, you know, you know, but I, there's just a business aspect to it. And, and it's all business for me when it comes to the Sixers and the Flyers. But the Phillies are the one team I really hold on to. Uh, my girls love the game. I coach them. And it's just a family thing. It's, with, you know, with my kids. But unfortunately, this feeling I have is a little too familiar these days. You know, just in the eight, last 18 months alone with the, you know, the World Series loss, the, the uh, Super Bowl loss. You know, it's just a very familiar feeling in Philly. It's not, it's not easy being a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, for those that die hard on all four teams, oh, my God. I mean, I just I can't imagine you know, that kind of heartbreak over and over again by all four teams. The Sixers have broken our, uh, broken the city's hearts. So there's just there's a lot of blame to go around right now, Mike. I know everybody's looking at the manager. Um, you know, there's a couple th- – you said there's a billion dollars in guys that come up short. Tell me, explain to me, because you played baseball. How does a hitter – how do hitters like Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Nick Castellanos all of a sudden – Decide to swing at awful pitches. Everything, everything low and outside. It's like they, some of them, they had to throw the bat out to get. Why all of a sudden? Is that they're too tight, trying to do too much? I can understand if the pitcher's coming in and it's, you know, whatever. And he's, and he's lights out and he's painting corners. Those were bad pitches. Real Muto swung at a pitch at his eyeball level last night to strike out. I don't understand how all of a sudden, in the biggest games, the best hitters on this team have decided to just swing at terrible pitches. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. Uh, It's the panic situation of a game seven where you completely lose your focus and your approach. Um, it, 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 It happens when you put yourself in that kind of situation, which is why I look at earlier in the series where they put themselves in this situation. The key to this whole series was their cavalier attitude in game three, which allowed that team to have hope. And then when they went up three to two, they thought they had it licked again. And they come back home thinking, okay, nobody beats us here. And that's when you lose your focus. And then you get to a game three. And that's when you start flailing at pitches because you go, I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. So the pitch you're seeing, you're not reading as much as you should. You're not reading it for as long as you should. You see it out of his hand. You think it's going to be a strike. You know that if you wait a split more second and and have an approach, that pitch is not going to be a strike. But when you get to a situation where you now have the home team and and the home crowd providing the pressure on you, you're not front-running anymore. The pressure is there. You can feel the angst. You get that angst, and it's catchy. You, you take that angst that's in the ballpark that you could possibly lose a game seven at home, and there goes your approach. And that's exactly what they did last night. Well, they get paid a lot of money to not lose their focus. Baseball is hard. You see, hitting is hard. And, 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 and it's not I like know. people go, I agree. Well, how can you do? well, hitting is hard in general. And unless you have the proper approach yeah. and, and, the, and the, the calmness in your soul, right. you're not going to hit. And that's what happened last night for them. And another guy, and I don't know if you blame uh, for him overusing. I don't know if this goes to Thompson, but you know Kimbrel in Game Four. 
It's just, you know, at the end of the NLDS, it was very obvious to me that, that he was cooked. Um, you know, and that was just too important a game. He just, his loyalty to Kimbrough, I thought, hurt them in this series as well. I think it was game four where they had the three-run lead, and he came in and erased it. <laughs> so uh, that's yeah. another let's, uh, let's, aspect. Uh, let's, uh, let, let me get, before, I, I want to go over this game chapter and verse, but I got, uh, I, I want to go over the anatomy of a series loss since we're talking about this now. Um, game three in Arizona, obviously I can't get it out of my head. I, I don't understand how you introduce the concept after flying across the country that you don't have to take BP that puts in the minds of the players. All right, well, we got this. We don't even have to take BP. We just touched down in a new city, in a new ballpark, and we don't have to take BP. If you, even if you get five swings a piece, you got to take BP because that introduces something bad. It introduces an overconfidence in, in, in the players. So, to me, that's a major part of this series. Now, Thursday, they lost that game 2-1 to one against a rookie pitcher who pitched last night. Now, I'll give Fart some credit. He showed some guile. He showed some cool youths. They get three hits off of him. And Now, when you go further into that game, they trust Kirkering when they probably shouldn't have trusted Kirkering. And then Kimbrell, in the ninth, walks the leadoff hitter. They stole second because he can't hold anybody on. And then Marte singles to center to win the game. Then, game two in Arizona, they lose 6-5. to 5-3 five. Five, lead late in the game. And they allow Alec Thomas to tie the game with a pinch hit home run. And then Moreno singles home Marte again against Kimbrell. So two straight games, they trusted a man that they probably should not have trusted. Then they win game five and they come back here. And as I've said a million times before, when you win a game five and you come back to Philly, you think you got it licked because the notion that this crowd will carry you to victory that you can't possibly lose here puts it in your mind that you don't have to fight that hard. And so that that's what alters your approach. And, of course, the manager made some mistakes in game six. Meanwhile, and I'll give Arizona credit to this extent, they came back to game six in Citizens Bank Park in this raucous crowd playing more fearlessly than they had played at the open part of this series. And, 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 that's, and that's a credit did the, they, listen, they have one hitter in that whole freaking lineup. Carroll came alive last night. Marte's been the only hitter they have in that lineup, for crying out loud. That's the team that beat you? But they played fearlessly in the face of all that, and, and they got good bullpen. After fought, they got good bullpen where, where Kinkle uh, came in, or uh, Hinkle, whatever his name was, Finkle and Einhorn Kinkle. came into the <laughs> game. And, and then they got And Ryan Thompson cuffed him, and the other guy blew up. Sal Frank blew up, and they still couldn't take advantage of it uh, last night. But they started running last night, and they had a few stolen bases in in game six and seven. Uh, and so that uh, that showed okay, well, what well, we have to lose. They played in Philadelphia like they had nothing to lose when they should have wilted because the Phillies at that point with that crowd should have been concentrating on good at bats to get a lead. If they got a lead on that team, not a one nothing lead but a more substantial lead than that, that would have cooked Arizona. 
and they weren't able to do that because their approach was terrible offensively. All right. Let's get into the crux of the game. Game seven lowlights. Let's start from the top. The Diamondbacks score first. Now, that can't happen. The crowd is jacked up. The Diamondbacks, because Ranger Suarez wasn't that sharp early. Two singles and a Walker fielder's choice gets them a 1-0 lead. And Ford comes back to face that lineup out of the chute and he had good stuff in the first inning. So they're up one nothing, And in the bottom of the second, the man that everybody's clean, you got to get him out of the, 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 the cleanup. You got to get You got to get Boehm out of the. Well, he had two hits the night before, and he hits a home run to tie the game. All right. Now, you got the crowd turned on. We go to the top of the third. Carroll gets a one-out single. They got Hoffman warming up already. Lead-off single in the top of the third. He steals second on a pickoff move. He goes first move, and he beats Harper's throw to second base because it was a bad throw. And during the course of the series, I'm thinking, you know, they didn't, they didn't score a run. They had a, a, a man on third base earlier in the series, and it was a ground ball to Harper, and they did not go. And I'm going, you got to test his arm. His arm can't possibly be accurate. He hasn't thrown enough. So in this situation, he throws it wide. Carroll gets the stolen base. Uh, Moreno grounds out. And um, Walker pops up to the first baseman. So they get out of the inning. Bottom of the third, Marsh singles to right field. Bam, a terrible outfielder that doesn't have the, the, the get up. To get that, I'm going, okay, that's a mistake, all right? Because they got Fam out there because they put him in there. No defensive outfield. They put Fam in there for his bat's mistake. It's going to come back to haunt him. It should come back to haunt him. That's a break that Marsh gets a single there. So Rojas comes up. What else are you going to do with him? You sacrifice Bunham. You have to give up an out because you're so terrified. He's going to hit, not going to get a hit. He's going to double. Schwarber strikes out looking. And Turner... Grounds out to third base. All right. D-backs dodge a bullet. We go to the bottom of the fourth. I'm looking at Fought. I'm going, he's losing a little command here. This is an inning you take advantage of it. He walks Bone with one out. Stott, it's a double to left center to drive home Bone. The crowd is into it again. The Phillies are up two to one. Real Muto singles. First and third with one out. This is the inning. Shark looking for blood. Castellanos strikes out. Fought smartly. Pitches around Brandon Marsh. The bases are loaded and Rojas is up. And here is the breaking point on what would you do? Rojas is one for 27. Uh, with two strikes in the postseason. Naturally, he gets two strikes on him. He's also zero for nine with runners in scoring position. Now, I'm trying to put myself in the head of Thompson. Thompson said after the game that the reason why he didn't pitch hit Rojas, and he related it to the other night where he should have pinched it for Rojas, it was the seventh inning. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it is a little too early to pinch hit him in the bottom of the fourth because you still need his defense. 
The other school of thought is this is game seven. How much are you really going to lose on defense if you have Pache in left and Marsh in center field? It's not going to be an appreciable difference. So the bottom line is that that's where you got to take advantage of it. Now, Thompson said after the game that if he pinch hit Pache for Rojas there or K for Rojas, K for Rojas, that he had a left-hander man apply in the pen. He was going to bring in man apply to pitch to Cave, and then he would have to pinch hit for Cave and hence use up two players. Who cares? Who cares if you got to use up two players? Why is that important that you're going to use up two players? The second player you're going to use is going to be Pache, and he's going to play the rest of the game where you're not going to lose appreciable difference defensively. The answer made no sense. It's game seven. Your season's on the line, and you're worried about using up two players? It doesn't make any sense. That was a colossal mistake. Completely agree. Right there by Rob Thompson. 100,000% completely agree. And what did we worry about burning? You're burning Jay Cave? Who cares is right? That was a well, moment. He said, I don't have another bench player left. Who cares if you don't have another bench player? It doesn't matter at that point. You only got to play four more innings. It doesn't matter that you don't have a pinch hitter. Where are you going to need a pinch hitter anyway? There's no pitchers don't hit anymore. Where are you going to need a pinch hitter if you use up Cave and Pache? It's okay. It's all right, really. You don't you don't need anything else. There's no uh, one you want to pinch hit for. No one else you would pinch hit for in the lineup anyway. <laughs> yes. All right. So his rationale, and he should have been pressed on it. He wasn't pressed on it after the game. That is a flimsy rationale answer for that particular question now we go to the top of the five and this is the game this is the 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 crucial inning because now you got a sequence where you you wormed out of a bases loaded situation and the diamondbacks are feeling really good about that rivera singles perdomo sacrifices um Marte. they get Marte right uh, yeah, they get Marte. Carroll singles up the middle to tie the game. Now, this is the second time that Carroll hit a ball up the middle. I got, I'm looking at Stott. He's playing him to pull in both those situations. So their defensive metrics somehow had Stott way over in the second base hole. He chopped two balls up the middle. Uh, as soon as he hit it, I go, look, that's got to be a, a ground ball out. But they were not positioned correctly. Uh, accordingly in that in that particular at bat Suarez is out of the game Hoffman comes in Carroll steals a base and Moreno touches him for a base hit the right field to score Carroll uh Moreno is caught by the cutoff and I'm going that's a that's a bad mistake too why is Moreno getting cut now the situation normally with a player in that situation is you want to make them cut it off to allow the score, the run to score. That's the deviation on that. You cut it off. You you dangle that you're off the base. They cut it off. That's instead of getting a relay to the plate, that runner's going to score. It's Corbin Carroll. He's going to score. He 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 runs a forty yard dash in four two for crying out loud. So Moreno makes a terrible mistake as Harper cuts it off and flips it to first. They get him out. And I'm going okay. That played right into the Phillies' hands. Even though the game is tied, that's a that's a big out. So now we go to the bottom of the fifth. 
Manna flies in, and Schwarber touches him for a double. Turner. Big hitter. Should be thinking one thing. I'm going to get a pitch here, and, and I'm going to line it up the middle. I'm going to hit it to right field. The one thing I can't do is pull it to the left side. So his first at-bat, instead of thinking, let me drive this damn run in, I could pay $300 million. He tries to bunt. That's a bad thought process. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get the run to third. You're a schooled enough hitter to be able to get a pitch to hit to the right side anyway. You don't have to bunt there. And if you hit it to the right side, you hit you hit it hard enough where you can either hit it past the second baseman in the hole or hit it up the middle to score the run. That should be your mindset. It wasn't his mindset because what did he do? He rolled over on an outside breaking pitch and hits a ground ball to third and wastes the entire at-bat. This is where I'm saying you're losing focus. You're squeezing the bat. All of a sudden, it's tied, and you're going, oh, my God, could we possibly lose in Citizens Bank ballpark? All right. Harper hits the deep fly to left field. I thought he thought he got it, looking by his reaction when he hit it. He didn't get it. Uh, And um, it's a fly out. And then Ryan Thompson comes in and gets Bohm on an infield pop. Another squander situation for the Phillies. We go to the top of the seventh. Alvarado is in for Hoffman with one out. Hoffman gets the first out. Alvarado's in. Alvarado has pitched a lot. He wasn't the sharpest Alvarado. For Domo, singles to left. Marte doubles over Castellanos' head. Now, they, they hold Perdomo. <laughs> I'm going, all right. First of all, Moreno makes a colossal mistake the, day, the, the, the inning before. Perdomo now makes a mistake. I had to laugh. I heard Brian Anderson go, Castellano's got a cannon. He doesn't have a cannon. So they, they, they hold Perdomo. If he's thrown out at the plate, it's only a second out anyway, and you got a man on second base. But they hold him, uh, and Carroll then has to hit the sacrifice fly RBI. Now, they got away with it, but they're up 4-2. A couple mistakes there, and the Phillies, again, did not take advantage. Alvarado comes out, Wheeler's in, Moreno K's to end the inning, but the Diamondbacks are now uh, leading 4-2. to two. And, and this is what I'm talking about. This situation, when they lead 4-2, to two, this is where you start squeezing the bat. This is where desperation and panic starts to set in. Because you can't imagine that you're going to lose the series to this team and you're going to lose it at home in front of this crowd. Bottom of the seventh, South Frank is in. He strikes out Marsh. Pache hits for Rojas. He walks Pache on four pitches. I'm going, oh, my God. This kid, obviously, he's a rookie. He Now he's feeling it. Now, this is where, again, you got to take advantage. Schwarber gets a 2-0 count. He gets it to 3-2. He walks first and second for Turner. He goes 0-2 by swinging at two bad sliders outside the strike zone. Um, Because at that point, uh, Ginkle is in. Uh, And Ginkle is throwing Frisbee uh, sweepers. And he... He victimizes Turner, who then flies out to center field, and then Harper's up with two men on. He flies out. Um, uh, uh, it, it, this, this is a reflection of panic. 
It's a reflection of not thinking the at-bat. It's a, it's a reflection of, of guys who should know better, who are more experienced, who are high-priced players, succumbing to the panic of being behind in their home ballpark in the seventh inning. In the bottom of the eighth, Ginkle makes him look silly, and now we go to the bottom of the ninth. And the season is now on the line, and the closer has to now negotiate the bottom of the lineup because the Phillies haven't turned over the lineup. And so Castellanos flies out to right field, making it 0 for 23 with 11 strikeouts. Seawald then gets Marsh to harmlessly fly out to left. And here comes the season on the line for Nick Cave. Pinch hitting for Pache. And you're going, oh my God. The reality is setting in that the series is now going to be lost. And it is shocking to the system because Cave, he gave him a good at bat. He fouled off a couple pitches. But he flies out to Corbin Carroll, who catches the ball. And I don't even think that Corbin Carroll realized that the Arizona Diamondbacks going to the World Series. He caught it and then calmly took a couple steps. And then all of a sudden said, oh, my God, we won, and start running with a mad dash to the infield. And I'm going to go back to, the, to this thing. Now, when you look at disappointing losses, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002 were a pretty good team. The Eagles should have won that game. That, but that's I the most devastated like, I have ever been. That's yeah, the moment. That's the devastation. Moment. But I, I look at it. And go, Tampa Bay was a pretty good team. Their defense is pretty good. They, they were representative in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, I, I look at the Carolina Panthers when the Eagles lost in the uh, the NFC Championship game, and that was a disappointment because that team stunk. And then they lose to the Arizona Cardinals, another team that they they should have beaten. So those two disappointments stand out more than actually. Tampa Bay was devastating, but I rationalized it by going, uh, yeah, you know what? They Maybe they weren't. Tampa Bay earned it. In 2011, the Phillies won 101 games that year and lose to the Cardinals. I get devastated when they lose that when they shouldn't have lost. When they'd lost in the Super Bowl, I could rationalize it that New England Patriots is a better team. When the Phillies lost to the Houston Astros last year, I get, well, you know, that bullpen was lethal. They, they, maybe Houston Astros is a better team. I cannot rationalize in, in any manner the Phillies losing to the Arizona Diamondbacks in a seven-game series with that kind of a home field advantage. I can't do it. It may go to the top of the list of all-time disappointments. I got to be honest with you. I'm incredulous that that team that won 84 games, that had a negative run differential, the only team in the playoffs with a negative run differential, had enough gumption to come in here in the last two games of a series and win game six and seven against a much better team. This will go down in history as one of the most disappointing, if not the most disappointing loss in Philadelphia sports history. Darren? Number two for me. I, I Nothing will ever top for me the, de- the devastation after the, losing to Tampa. It was the last game at the bet. The Eagles had owned Tampa Bay for years, for, even in the playoffs. The whole They haven't won a game under 45 degrees, which is BS, by the way. Um, but... That uh, just 
whole city was ready for that moment that night to the point where, and I actually did the piece. I had to do the piece for NFL films that cover you know, for uh, inside the NFL and the game recap for HBO. I was, we, I actually, we had a meeting and I said, the story is not the Bucks winning. The story is the Eagles losing and Sable and all the other producers agreed. And that's basically, that's how I wrote the story of that game was the Eagles not coming through. But this is really close, man. I mean, I never, when they went up 2-0, never in a million years did I think they were going to lose this series. All right, I, I, I've now thought about this, it, and it's not even a question for me. Now, it's number one it, for you? It's not even a question that this is the most disappointing loss ever. And here's why. I, I can't really argue with that. Here, here's why. I've already gave you the stat. This, that that yeah. Diamondbacks team is not worthy of a World Series. Okay? I'm no. going to tell you flat out. I agree. They, they had one hitter in their lineup the whole damn series. Yeah. Their two ace pitchers didn't win a game. I know. Their two starting pitchers didn't win a game in this series, and they still beat the Phillies with a crappy lineup that they have. Two aces not winning a game. Now, are you going to sit there and tell me that this is the not the most disappointing loss in Philadelphia sports history? Uh, I, I just, I remember uh, that that game. That I, listen, I'm right with you with the, with the Eagles in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was not a schmo. The Diamondbacks were a schmo. You I, can't I lose to a schmo. I, look, I can't. It's one or one A, really. I mean, six and one, half dozen in the other with, with these two. It's not six uh, and one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> Because Tampa Bay was a better team than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Won, but they're this Johnson is without question the most disappointing loss ever. Right. You lost to a geek team that won 84 games right. in a seven-game series with the most incredible home field advantage in the history of baseball. Yeah. And Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly didn't win a game. <laughs> I think Gallon took two losses, too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I am sitting, and I just can't believe it. I, I could not believe what I watched in game three and then in game six. I can't believe that a team as good as the Phillies allowed that to happen. Game four was a worse loss than game three, am I? Because they, they had a three, two or three run. Game later. three was what put the team back in the series. Yeah. You got three hits in game three in a game where you didn't take batting practice. You gave that team life because of that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm beside I myself here. I am right. too. Mike. I, and, I, I, and for that reason, I got to close this down. Yeah. And I got to wear black about this for the rest of the game. I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do because you freaking Atlanta fans are ready on Twitter. I am not going to be wearing a Phillies hat today or a Philly sweatshirt walking around town saying how proud I am of this team. Yeah. Losses like this resonate with a fan base. It yep. kicks them in the balls, and it should. That's being a real fan, to watch that team go down to a team that had no business winning a game Game seven, had no business being in a series after five games. I, I just can't. I'm, I'm just stunned beyond belief. And, and you know what? It's, it's a hard climb to get back up there. They got back up there this year. And they got back up there with a better team. And they got back up there beating the team that everybody loved, the Atlanta Braves. And then they fall to this team? It's yeah, impossible to rationalize. The only solace that makes it a little bit, and it doesn't make it easier. I shouldn't say that. But, like, there's 
It's not one person. It's not one player. It's not one. There's a lot of blame to go around. And I don't know why. I feel like this, it makes it easier to stomach because there's not like one particular reason why they blew it. It was a team effort. <laughs> I mean, an awful team, an awful team effort. I, I don't know what else to say, Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm beside myself. I really am. I can't. I can't. yeah. I just uh, in, in this case, normally I would agree. It's a team effort. It was a team effort. The big hitters didn't hit. All right. The big hitters. Yeah. That that's the that's the what, what the bottom line is. The big hitters that you paid a lot of money for did not come through for you. That's the bottom line. So Correct. so forget about the team effort. Forget about the other guys in the lineup. The Bohms, the Stotts, the Marshes. Uh, you know, um, he had a center fielder. I, I get it to a point. He had a center fielder who was so overwhelmed and overmatched in this series. <laughs> the kid hit that. like a little leaguer. Yeah. And at some point, you got to say, okay, uh, I don't want to offend my players because that's uh, that then becomes a lack of trust. I don't want to change the lineup. I, I, I'm okay with that rationale, except when your when your own eyes tell you that that kid is an automatic out. And yep. because he's an automatic out, sometimes he's not going to be able to turn over the lineup to get your big hitters back up to the plate. And so in that situation yesterday, his rationale that he didn't want to use, use up two players is completely managerial mismanagement. You are managing in a game seven (laughs) for your life. And that shouldn't, the fact that he actually thought that he didn't want to use up two players when there are only four innings left in the damn season is I'm incredulous. And I'm listen, I'm sitting here. And I think I can manage. I don't think it's brain surgery to manage a baseball team. You got to read the tea leaves. And I get it that the best thing you could do as a manager is to exude confidence in your players. And sometimes when you change a lineup, that makes guys, you introduce panic. I get it. And I wouldn't change the lineup either. But in that situation, I certainly am not going to trust Johan Rojas anymore. I can't. It's like it's like when a manager takes a starting pitcher out early. You can't lose control of the game. And when you have bases loaded, you can't say, I need his defense for more innings. Because the world's not going to end if you have Martian Pache in the outfield. It's not like you're putting Schwarber out there. All right. I'm I'm done with this postmortem of the Phillies. We've been giving you. A post-game analysis after every game. We expected that this was going to go on for another series, a World Series, and it abruptly ends. And this is a day of shock and awe, and then you'll start to get depressed over it. Because like I said before, in my mind, and I've been in Philadelphia for a really long time, there is no more devastating a loss than this loss because you lost to a crappy team. And I'll go to my grave saying that. And I don't care. All the people that are going to come out and be, oh, I told you the Diamondbacks were spunky. The Diamondbacks stink. Okay? And you look at that team and you look and they got one hitter in the freaking lineup. They got two starting pitchers who couldn't even deliver them a win. And you're going to tell me they were formidable? The Phillies let them be formidable. And they let them be formidable by their attitude in game three. And then when they came back to game six, where they thought automatically just their uniforms on the field plus the crowd, would give them a victory. And now here they sit with a long offseason. All right.
This has been the Mike Missinelli Podcast. Folks, I feel your pain. And however you deal with it, you deal with it. You got me riding in the same boat with you. So try to have a nice rest of the day and just say to yourself, you know what? It's only sports. It's not life. Hug your kids. Go to work. Do whatever you have to do to support your family. It will eventually wear off. But it won't wear off for a long time, unlike you Atlanta Braves fans who are uh, out there wearing Braves sweatshirts and hats saying how proud you are after you lost to the Phillies. We don't play that in Philadelphia. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. It's been the Mike Missinelli Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. And we will talk to you Friday as we lead into the football weekend. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.